freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you our manager. That really worked that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello! Mike Lefko with you here on a Friday morning and... Salk isn't here. Brock isn't here. But it's all okay. Because I was told that the only thing that matters at 9 a.m. on a Friday morning is that Stacey Ross will I'm join literally us. more important than either of them. I don't know why we're even caring that they're gone. No, we, we don't. That's what I've heard. I mean, the texts are rolling in. They're like, where is Salk? Yeah. Where is Brock? Oh, if Stacey's here, it's okay. Frankly, the second that Mike Salk is back in here, what, Monday? I hope people text in and go, oh, I, I, I thought Stacey would would be here. It's just Mike for his own show. Okay, well, fine. I guess we'll see what he has today. But if you just start rolling in every day at 9 o'clock, I- <laughs> you're just like, uh, <laughs> And I mean, we both spot, start right? the show. We yeah. both, hey, welcome in. Have you ever had two uh, lead hosts uh, try to work together on the same day? There's a lot of that. Yeah. Because there's, so the second chair is normal, like Wyman, right? He's, he's an analyst, bump, former players, typically Brock. And then there's the lead host, me, Bob, and, uh, and Mike. And it's usually, you're obviously leading and steering the show. And you have analysis, but like you're not necessarily the analyst. And you pit two of those people on the same show. There's a lot of talking over each other and a lot of uh, talking about yourself going on. A lot of, well, have you have you seen <laughs> Step Brothers? We were so obnoxious. Your, your movie palette, I don't know. Have you seen Step Brothers? Like, we're we're going to do this I interview seen together. Have Step Brothers? What do you think my movie palette is? I know you don't have, often like some what? comedies that some of us older people like. What so. are you even talking about? Have Step Brothers is yeah. a classic. Okay. Well, that's what it feels like, right? They, older both of you, people? What are you even doing? Me, I'm an older person, and you know, you sometimes don't like the older older movies so you're an older you're 34 yeah that's old that is old that's uh it's like having two lead guitar players in a band you're both trying to solo at the same time that's what i just got the sense of that you two were trying to do the interview at the same time Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah we'll be doing this interview together that's correct yeah Yeah. all right well thanks for hopping on here uh at nine o'clock i don't really have many reality tv shows to ask you but i think we can get some morning yeah sorry I know uh, you ben, didn't nice agree to this. Ben, nice being here with you guys. Yep. I'll okay. see you later. See ya. Sorry. Uh, if Vanderpump Rules was still happening, we could talk about that, but it's done, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it that is, is over. Mm. Sad day. Yeah. On TV, Sad but day. not in our hearts. No, right? never. Absolutely not. I mean, does we it, can still talk wait, about does it. Does it come back next year? Is there yes. Another? Yes, it does. Although I don't think people are going to want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, okay, we can get to the Mariners then. Great. When you look at the context <laughs> of yesterday's game... Okay, cool. Ten runs. But I know you and Bump have really kind of gone in on this offense. There are a lot of problems with it. So how do you equate, okay, well, they scored ten runs with the larger picture of the season? Uh, Good question. I don't see it as like, I was thinking about this. So we have Ryan Roland Smith on today, Mm -hmm. and I was going to ask him about team dynamics when a team is really struggling because that's what I thought yesterday's win meant. Like, I know that there are some people who watched that game and and thought, finally, the real version of this team. I am not that person. Like, I was not watching this and going, finally, God, the real version of this team. Like, that's not the real version of, of this team. Though this is a team that should be a much better offense than they are. I don't mean a World Series contender. I mean, they should look a little more like a playoff team than they do. And um, so what I thought instead was that rather than a get right game, it was like a a mental break game. I think that when you struggle and when you're feeling the weight of expectations and most importantly, the weight of not meeting expectations and disappointing yourself and disappointing others, there's tension that builds. There's, um, you know, a frustration that builds. And when you don't get a break from that, 
there are real effects. It starts to affect your game. It starts to affect chemistry. It starts to affect your clubhouse or your locker room or, or whatever sport it is you play. And so I thought this game was important not because it was necessarily, um, you know, them getting right and looking like themselves. I thought it was important because it gives you a mental break from that. It gives you just a moment of relief where you go into the next series feeling like, okay, we got to just catch our breath for a minute. You know, let's feel good. Like, uh, you just can't have that weighing on you constantly. You can't. Do you think it will lead to any sustained success for someone like Colton well, Long in the, in the sense of that? Like, okay, no. that's got to be a big relief. Uh, I hope it does. Mm-hmm. I think that with Colton Wong, um, it's just she just hasn't had it to, to start the season. Um, I think it was... Uh, a horrendous start from uh, from her mom more than anything else. Um, I almost felt bad for Colton. Like, I felt really happy for Colton. And then they gave him the trident. Uh, and then Cal, Teoscar, and France got home runs. And I was like, that's kind of rude. You know what I mean? Let like, I feel it. like they should have, I feel like they should have just been a fly out. Like, I feel like it would have been more respectful to Colton's struggles if they just would have, like, just had the launch angle just a little bit more to be like, I got you, Colton. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh, your day. And, but- because you know he, what I mean? You're proposing to someone else on so someone's much. wedding day. He possessively he loved that yeah, thing. He was having he, such a good time Exactly. With it. He had two batters with with Julio gets out, uh, Jared gets out before him, and then France comes up. And it's like, really, Ty? You know what I so mean? Rude. So rude. How dare you hit your no, first was, road home run of the season was, after look, Colton Wong hit his. Also, oh. good for Colton Wong. I was It was actually really fun to watch him. I've never seen anyone more excited to hold a trident ever in my life. And... Um, it, I think it was good for Mariners fans, too, to just not have a game where you're pulling your hair out. I worry for the actual hair loss of Mariners fans well, right Well, why now. do you think I'm wearing a hat? I mean, exactly. my hair has just been falling out. Okay, don't even start. You guys know what's so annoying about Mike Lefko is he has so much hair, like a full head of hair. He also will go on the paddleboard one day and come back in and be like a golden bronze. It's annoying. Also, I'm about he to eats, do that. He eats I'm about to do that this time. afternoon, actually. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Is this just a, a segment to complain about me? Yeah. If anyone okay. else has complaints they want to make about Lefko, 866-979-3776, the Mac and Jack's text line. Okay. That's good. <laughs> where do you where do you see this team building on from this? If you know, if this is to be sustained, if this team is to finally climb up, or do you think that maybe well, this is not? Well, flip it your way. Do you actually think that they can build off of this, or do you think that this was a flukish 10-2 to two game? Well, we keep waiting to see that, and that's what I, I almost feel like I'm losing credibility each passing week. I'm like, well, this could be the time, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, after that Saturday Night Angels win, this could be the one where it clicks. Do you actually think that, though? I keep thinking that, yes, at some point, certainly something will sustain. Why? Something will click because Teoscar Hernandez has started to hit well, because Jared Kelnick has started to come through in some okay. clutch spots. The pitching has been normally good. You have a blip here or there, but when you can roll out guys like Kirby and Gilbert and Bryce Miller, who have been consistently good, and now with Brian Wu... I mean, how about that? That guy I know. going into the Yankees and going five no-hit innings to well, start Well, your one. optimism instead tells me that we were talking about some theories yesterday about, you know, why people uh, are either optimistic or uh, pessimistic about the Mariner season. And some people felt like, well, this roster was never good to begin with. I don't agree, though. I don't think this roster was a World Series contender. I think they were good enough to be a playoff team. But that tells me then that you are also part of that group that's like, no, this roster is good. I believe in the roster. And that's why when they win, I keep thinking, well, maybe it's a turnaround. I think because of what we saw at times last year, and then Justin and I, more when we were all talking about this, that what seems to be missing is the clutch aspect, the win when they're trailing late in games that come from behind nature that seem to define this team. Mm-hmm. So it feels like if they can just garner that at some point, then things will turn around. 
And now I don't know if this roster can do it. It might not be the core that can do that, but it feels like all this team needs to do is win some of these close games. They're, what, 8-14 and 14 mm-hmm. in one-run games. Mm-hmm. Flip a few of those, it's a much different picture of the season, but because you have no track record of that, maybe this isn't the group. What do you think leads to a lot of wins in one-run games? I think it is Do you think there's luck chemistry. or strategy or yeah, chemistry and leadership? We talked about this too, about how in a sport like baseball – it seems funny to really just hone in on something that's unquantifiable. Right. Like winning and like chemistry, like how your dynamic and demeanor in the locker room behind the scenes that we don't see can lead to success on the field because there's so much data nowadays and everyone stakes their job on prediction Mm -hmm. and all these numbers that can lead you to success. And sometimes it might take a guy like a Carlos Santana, who we keep drawing on that almost single-handedly wins a Blue Jays series for you last year Mm -hmm. and the boost that that gives a team. So it just feels like that's missing. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way or if you think that something as easy as that could be a spark. No, I think there's a couple things missing from this year's squad. I thought that they, on paper, were more talented, though I felt that they were losing leadership with Carlos Santana. That's not an original opinion or unique by any means. That's how, like, every Mariners fan felt. Uh, And they are. Um, But... On paper, you thought, okay, Teoscar Hernandez, like, you know, some people felt like it was a lateral move at worst from from Mitch Hanniger. You know what I mean? Own some some other people thought it would be an improvement because he may be able to stay a little bit healthier. Um, but I I did feel like last year's squad. Now this is after they went on the winning streak and winning fourteen in a row will do this. Uh, just felt like they were having fun, mm-hmm. and it felt like. There is this, and this is the tropiest of all sports tropes, like a chip on your shoulder. But it was very real because there was a literally like just a monkey on your back from not making the playoffs. And players took very open ownership of that, which was really cool for Mariners fans to see. And so when it finally happened, there was a like a collective sigh of relief and also collective excitement and self-belief and and uh, and some of our, the best teams you can think of, your most favorite team, whether it's the Seahawks uh, in 2013 when they finally won a Super Bowl, whether it's other iterations of the Mariners, you know, in the 90s, sometimes the most fun teams are the ones that no one expects to win. And when you keep winning, it's just so fun, right? Um, that's missing this year, which is interesting because the Mariners only once in franchise history have made the playoffs in consecutive seasons. So you should still have that chip. You should very much (laughs) still have it. Uh, And yet it doesn't feel like as fun as it was last year. I would love for that to come back. You know what I mean? If a win like this doesn't uh, make Colton Wan look like an all-star in three weeks and and doesn't mean that they uh, get 10 runs a game, I'm fine with that. What I hope it does is it starts to spur some kind of excitement with the team itself. I can't let you go without reading this text. I do appreciate you hopping in. Fun oh, yeah. conversation. But the 425 says, Ooh, okay. Stacy hasn't watched any episodes of The Office. So her comedy palette oh, is definitely no. lacking. So this is um, this Ooh. was speaking of bullying. Um, wow. The a bunch of listeners yesterday were telling me I was different characters from The Office, and it wasn't very nice because I didn't know what any of them were. <laughs> so I got a lot of Dwight and a lot of Kevin. And oh, no. you got a lot of Kevin. <laughs> I got oh, a lot no. of Kevin. Um, and then uh, someone else said uh, Kelly. Kelly. Kelly Kapoor. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, and then I took a BuzzFeed quiz on the break and I got Michael Scott, which I don't think is right. No, that's not right. Yeah. Well, we were comparing Seahawks players to fish today. So, you, you know, were? who knows? Yeah. Like what kind of fish? We were talking about Wyman and about Brock and their fishing yeah. trip. We were deciding what kind of fish would be a linebacker and what kind of fish would be a quarterback. 
Interesting. We got a ton of recommendations. Take a linebacker's a trout. I can't explain it. We got the, uh, what did we get? The big, ugly, <laughs> and Atlanta, golden big, uh, Atlanta bird. Line was, yeah, it, Goliath grouper. Go look at that thing. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. that checks out. Yeah. Just like, is, is there a fish that you, th- you all, no, no fish do, but is there a fish you look at and you think that fish has no neck? That's the linebacker fish. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Stacey, I know you have a show to prep for. Yeah. Uh, you and Ryan Roland Smith, that'll yes. be great. Yeah, Tune in at, at 10 o'clock. Yep. 10 o'clock. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, uh, coming up next, we will find out what you need to know about this Orioles series, Brock and Salk Show, Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, the Mariners salvaged the series over the Yankees behind four home runs, something they've only done two other times this season, April 4th against the Angels and April 30th at the Blue Jays. It was also the first home run on the road for Ty France this year. Six home runs at home, his first one on the road. He extended his on-base streak to 16 straight games. It was the kind of uh, total effort that Scott Service was looking for. Well, you can have the greatest plan in the world, so you got to go out and, like you said, execute it, but really go out and fight and compete from the first pitch, and that's what was frustrating to me last night. I think we did it. We talked about it after the game. We responded accordingly, and uh, it's in there, you know. We have the ability to do that, but you have to show up and compete every night. Well, now the next challenge for the Mariners, get a series win over a team with a winning record. They've only done that twice this season against the Astros and against the Marlins. Big opportunity begins tonight in Baltimore. Mariners are going to roll out Logan Gilbert, Bryce Miller, and George Kirby this weekend. Game one begins today at 4 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starts at 3 o'clock. Here's the second thing you need to know. Now, the Mariners aren't going to have any position player starters in the All-Star game, though. MLB unveiled the finalists at each position with a Phase 2 voting to pick each starter running from Monday through Thursday of next week. Now, all you really need to know is that the Blue Jays and the Rangers, they have a finalist at nearly every position. The Mariners did not get one. So you'll vote for all those starters, but the top vote getters in each league are automatic starters. That's Ronald Acuna Jr. for the National League and Shohei Otani in the American League. Acuna gets one of the outfield spots, while Otani is in as the DH. Here's the third thing you need to know. In the NBA world, the number one pick in the NBA draft, not a surprise last night. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama from Nantar, France. And a 19-year-old, he's listed at 7'4". He is somewhere above 7 feet, but yeah, it goes number one overall to the Spurs. Uh, they call him Wemby for short. Not sure if I like that abbreviation, but uh, yeah, Victor Wenbayama goes number one to San Antonio. The NBA also announced that Climate Pledge Arena will host another preseason game coming up this year. The Rain City Showcase is back on October 12th. It's the Clippers and the Jazz this season. After last year, the Clippers and the Blazers played in that game in Climate Pledge. And a couple more things. You need to know, especially this one. Rob Manfred, in an interview with Time, says he regrets granting the Astros players immunity during investigation into MLB's sign-stealing scandal. Now, that has kind of hung over Houston and those players for years. They get booed in every ballpark, but they never really had to answer any consequences for their role in that. No one served any kind of suspension. The front office did. A.J. Hinch was fired in Houston, but no players missed any time. And a crazy, thrilling game, the College World Series semis. LS hit a two-run walk-off homer in the bottom of the 11th to beat number one overall seed Wake Forest and advance the championship series, which begins on Saturday. Florida and LSU will play in a rematch of the 2017 title, Florida's only national title. 
But I feel like fish has dominated uh, the show today. Is that which linebackers is that are fish? That's know? everything you need to know. And maybe we need to know the, the which, fish. Yeah. And uh, which fish linebackers would be and quarterbacks. And uh, I someone a fish texted I never in. even knew existed today. Which that- one? I mean, all like oh, all so of many yeah. of the ones that was got that the Goliath in. grouper. I did not know <laughs> I about, didn't know the about Goliath that one either. Grouper. Yeah, uh, someone texted in as well. Which fish would Stacy be? And then Stacy responded, "An angel fish." So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Fish has dominated Classic. The, uh, the show today. Uh, when we when we come back, though, we are going to talk some Seahawks because. There are a couple of interesting opinions out there about the Seahawks and the perception of what this team could be. And the ceiling might be higher than a lot of us are even giving them credit for. Two differing opinions. One, almost the best case scenario. One, a okay, maybe if they fall along the same path. But it's a, a fascinating discussion about what the ceiling actually is for the Seahawks this season. We'll get into that next. It's the Brock and Salk Show. You're listening to Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. We found it. We found the new contender for Ugliest Fish. Thanks to uh, Slopes in Vancouver. Oh boy. What do we you got? see this? Blobfish. Oh, the blobfish. It looks made up. Gross. That can't be real. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon character. Okay. Well, assuming that's real, the blobfish, the blobfish might be the fish that Dave Wyman punched in the nose of the fish. Is that how that story was retold to you, Justin? He said he punched in the fish's nose. That's that's, that's kind of how it happened in my mind. That Wyman was fighting with a fish, which wouldn't get hooked, and he reached out and punched the fish. And then it looked like the blobfish. Well, the good news is the blobfish is only off the coast of the mainland, Australia, and Tasmania. So I think we're going to be fine. We're not going to so run it's real. any of those out here. It's a real fish. It has hands. It's gross, dude. Did you look promptly look that up on Google Maps and find where the exact island was? And Not yet. Yeah. Okay, he would. I just read the, which is always to be believed, the Wikipedia snapshot on Google. So we're, I trust it. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll... Uh... We'll take a look at that afterwards. Uh, I do want to get into something that you guys were talking about that was interesting about the Seahawks in this offseason. Before we get into ranked, of course, that, that's coming up. And Brock Heward oh, is my boy. inspiration for this ranked segment today. So that's a good tease for you if anyone's <laughs> interested. Uh, that'll be coming up in about 14-ish minutes. But Good Morning Football kind of ranked the teams in the NFC in terms of contenders, they came up with their with their teams. And I have to imagine Kyle Brandt was behind the, the tier named Big Dogs. I don't know. But, yeah, that seems like one of the things he would do there. So they ranked the NFC teams in terms of contenders. They have four tiers of contenders. And these are the fun kind of things you can do. And that's why we're talking about it now in the middle of the summer when there's no actual football to talk about. When players are gone for another month and we don't see pads for another month. So you project, you forecast, and you try to analyze Maybe the best and worst case scenarios of what this team could be. And Good Morning Football ranked down the tiers of contenders. And in the NFC, and I'd be curious to see uh, if you guys agree here on the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. It is not just a solely fish-based text line, so please chime in as well on this. They have four tiers. Big Dogs, Hovering, TBD, which is not them being lazy and not thinking of a name for the, the tier, which I kind of thought at first. Maura, when you said that, I was like, wait. They don't have a name? Like, are they still trying to decide a name for that tier? No, it was just a, that's their name for that tier to be determined because you don't really know what these teams will be. And tier four, shock the world. Basically, the tier four teams are bad. 
No expectations for them. If they do anything relevant, it would be stunning. So we don't have to worry about Tier 4. Tier 3, TBD. They put the Lions, the Rams, and the Saints. Then in Tier 2, in terms of hovering, they have the Seahawks. They have the Seahawks, Giants, Cowboys, and Vikings. And the Big Dogs, not surprised by this one, Big Dogs, 49ers, and Eagles. I don't know. Hovering feels like a good projection of what the Seahawks team can be. And Leonard Fournette, who was on the show, kind of broke down uh, why he thinks the Seahawks are in the hovering tier. See, Seahawks, this is going to be different because I played against these guys. They have a great defense, mm-hmm. but hovering, they have to go. Give it hovering hovering Give it is great. Yep, hovering is great. NFC hovering is a big Still, deal. The way we talked about them last offseason, yeah. now we're putting them in yeah. hovering. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Is, uh, yes. Until they beat them guys they're right there. Yep. Yep. In January Until they beat they them. What do you think? I mean, that, that feels fair. I do right? think it was hilarious that he's like, they have a great defense. And when the Seahawks played the Bucks last oh, yeah. year, the Bucks were dead last in rushing, and they rushed for 161 total yards against the Seahawks. He was just impressed by everything else, I guess. <laughs> or maybe there's a, a German conversion rate that didn't hold sway. Well, and Leonard Fournette was like, did hey. pick off uh, Tom yeah. Brady in that game. Well, when no. at Brady as a receiver. Who threw that ball, actually? Maybe Fournette threw the ball. That's why. I don't know. I don't think he did, actually. But if that's the sole reason why he thinks the defense is good, that would be pretty funny. Um, I think that's that's a pretty fair assessment and starting point for the Seahawks. And then you kind of contrast that with someone who's even more optimistic about them. Sports Illustrated, they kind of did a, the best case scenario for these teams. And the Sports Illustrated blurb on the Seahawks has them sleeper, Super Bowl contender. Whoa. Wow. Okay. But then you look and you're like, okay, a sleeper Super Bowl contender could actually still be in that hovering tier. It's just you get the best case scenario out of that. Because if you're only two tier one teams, are 49ers and Eagles? You kind of think, you look around the NFC, and yeah. I mean, who else is there? Who else is balanced like the Seahawks? Who else has what we think could be the firepower on offense and potential on defense to show vast improvement up front because the back end of the defense is very good and could get even better. I know Brock talked about the the positionless football that's going to help them in the secondary where you have so many options back there that you can move guys around. Julian Love and Jamal Adams can be interchangeable, almost linebackers to kind of mitigate what you might not have in depth in terms of linebackers right now. So you look at the Seahawks, Giants, Cowboys, Vikings. I mean, the Giants... Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, their futures are up in the air. I don't think the cohesiveness of that team is as good as the Seahawks. The Cowboys are just a postseason mess. Uh, They lost some key pieces. The running back depth's not there anymore. Dak Prestott hasn't been able to get it done in the postseason. And that's the better version of the Vikings. Like the Vikings are the worst version of the Cowboys in the playoffs. They seem stuck where they are. Yeah, exactly. A middling team with promise to be maybe be more every year. It's yeah. I'm not. I don't think they're better than the Seahawks. Which of the quarterbacks in that in the hovering category? So it's Seahawks, Giants, Cowboys, Vikings. Yeah. Which one of the quarterbacks do you trust in the playoffs? Yeah, and that's a good question because in the regular season, I would trust Dak Prescott. I mean, he is a good quarterback by numbers, but in the playoffs. They just lose to these teams. They shouldn't. I mean, the Niners loss a couple of years ago was, was very glaring. And they, this this past season, they just the Cowboys always find a way to not live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is probably one of the funniest things in sports where every single year Cowboys fans try to irk you and just get all up in everyone's business by the fact that Cowboys are back. No one loves it more than Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Oh, he he is in his full glory when taunting Cowboys Absolutely. fans. And he's had a lot of material because they haven't made a championship game since the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Conference championship game. They have not made a conference championship game 
since the mid-90s, which and, all of a sudden is like 30 years ago. Oof, so if, from the quarterbacks of those teams, go to the coaches of those teams, still it's not, it's not close for me. Pete Carroll has lived up to expectations for these. Like who you trust more in the playoffs. And that's why, yeah, the other ones are still too new. I mean, the Giants and Vikings will have second-year coaches. Mike McCarthy has a proven tendency of underachieving. So, yeah, if you're just taking the full picture of these teams, I like the Seahawks. And I think out of that hovering tier, I would even put them at the top of that. So if you want to kind of micro-stack that hovering tier, Seahawks are the top. Which means the 49ers and Eagles are the only two teams better than the Seahawks right now. Is that fair to say? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Well, yeah, we don't care about the AFC. Right. Not, you don't have to go through the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're not paying a quarterback like those other it. teams. I would put them slightly above those teams. I mean, the the Vikings somehow went 13-5 and five last year without looking very impressive and then lost to the Giants, who were 10-7-1 and one in the yeah. wild card. Yeah, paper tiger. Yeah. Like, everyone knew that they weren't going to pull it off. Like, I definitely... Yeah, I buy into the Seahawks more than those teams. So you're right. If you are just like kind of hanging out in the fringe there, just behind the Eagles and the Niners, you have a pretty good shot of surprising people and maybe, maybe getting to a Super Bowl if you can get this defense together. Which almost feels crazy to talk about because of what they mentioned there at the end of that Leonard Fournette cut that this time last year, the Seahawks, while not in disaster mode, the perception from everyone else around the league was this is going to be one of the worst teams in football. Yep. Their quarterbacks were ranked towards the back end. The win total for the Seahawks was like, what, four and a half, five and a half. So the fact that they were able to, in a transition year, get to the playoffs. Now you have year two for everyone. You have added all of these positions. You've strengthened the offense. You have added key draft picks on a defense that I hope can only get better. Um, that's the big question. That's probably why you don't put them in the the big dog tier because the question marks still reside up front on the defense. But the offense is going to be markedly better. I think that's an easy prediction to make that Geno Smith, his first full offseason as the entrenched starter, his second year as the quarterback, you can gain a lot from coming in as the guy. You don't have to worry about, is this my job? Do I actually have the leadership in, in the locker room if I'm not the given starter because at this point last year we had no idea Geno Smith might have been working in the locker room and might have had a great rapport with the guys but he wasn't the starter yet he still had a split with Drew Locke they had to work their way and kind of fight for that position so to have that leadership build over the course of a season an entire offseason the offense I feel like is going to take yeah. a huge leap forward you and won't have those disappearing gaps that you have chemistry with the offensive line in their second year totally agree with that now the big question is What do they have to do to close that gap, though, to chase down those big dogs? Because while they might be in the tier below the 49ers and the Eagles, that could be a ways down. Tier one and tier two might not be as far apart as tier two and tier three, especially if you have a team like the Lions and maybe the Rams, who in these NFL tiers, if the Rams come back healthy, tier three is maybe a much smaller step to tier two than tier two is to tier one. And it was something that uh, Bump and Stacy got into earlier this week when they talked to a 49ers guy and then they discussed how much has the gap closed between the Seahawks and the 49ers this offseason. He talked about that that draft class like they were nobodies. Yeah. And we talk about our draft class like y'all need to be somebody. Like we better have to, not even be, like we need multiple starters. We, we need y'all. So when you look at the league, you never want to have to depend on rookies that much. Yeah. Every now and then you get your chance. But I look at 
this 49er roster, the depth chart, and then listen to the way he's talking. He goes, look, Brock Purdy is going to be good to go. He has the trust of Shanahan. He goes, Sam Darnold, dark horse MVP. Yeah, right. Trey Lance might not even be here this year. And then, and then you look at their starters, Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayu, George Kittle, Trent Williams, Aaron Big. I'm like, you know, I was feeling good about us closing the gap. And I think it is, uh, it's not like they're just way in front of us. No. But uh, they got they got a couple strides on us. And the gap isn't as close as I thought it would be right now. Obviously, you got to get in the camp and things unfold. But just where we are today, I'm thinking, man, it's not as close as I thought. That's an important distinction, too, is where we're talking about it today. Because you're right. And Seattle has more volatility than San Francisco does in terms of how they can look. I know San Francisco is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I know that the questions they're going to have are, can Brock Purdy uh, do this again? Can he stay healthy? Which is a big question. But, like, I don't doubt Debo is going to be good. Right. I don't doubt that the offense is going to look great. I don't doubt that the defense is going to be fine. With Seattle, it could go a lot of way. They could be so much better than I think if they do get a lot from the rookies. Or they could not get a lot from the rookies and have a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of variance when it comes to what to expect. So you have to inevitably say, yeah, the gap is definitely there. And I think that's the key because the Seahawks are close, right? If everything goes to form, but we're putting a lot on projection and expectation that what you got from the rookies will also carry over to this rookie class. And what you got from the rookies last year sustains itself in year two for guys like Charles Cross and for Abe Lucas and Tariq Woolen, who were key cogs of this team, that they maintain that. And not to draw the football-baseball comparison, but the Mariners are maybe showing the risk of projections and expectation if things don't go to the assumption that, okay, a guy like Julio continues on that same trajectory uninterrupted. So there could be some bumps for the Seahawks. I think that's a little easier in the NFL. And if you're going to make the 49ers-Seahawks comparison, um, they were in this boat just a few years ago. Like their 2017 draft, they had DJ Jones, George Kittle, um, CJ Beathard, Akello Witherspoon, those are all guys that started for them pretty immediately. And then the next year, um, they got Fred Warner, who's been a, a huge starter for them pretty much ever since. They got DJ Reed, who actually didn't work out and ended up with the Seahawks. But, you know, they they had to kind of rebuild that team through the draft as well. I think it does work out differently in football than in baseball. That might also be why, though, that this potential season is not where the Seahawks catch the 49ers, where they're very yeah. close. And I think they're close to that tier. But because what Bump and Stacy were saying that – the Niners had the luxury of just taking whoever they wanted in the draft. Their first round right. pick was the third. Their first pick was the third round. They took a kicker with their second pick this year. The Niners are so loaded that they can just kind of pick and choose. And they're at the point where they're adding those final touches. They have everyone on their roster. They have all the key positions filled. You know what you're getting. The Seahawks are still ascending. And now that could be that the ascension takes place this season, that this is the year you knock off the 49ers one game in the regular season, you get a good path to the playoffs, and you're there. I don't think anyone's arguing that, that the Seahawks are now on the trajectory that they can do that. And the question is, can that happen this year? And that'll be the big unknown. That could define the season. But the fact that the Seahawks are a Tier 2 team, according to the NFL, and Sports Illustrated projection of, hey, are they a sleeper Super Bowl team? Yeah, sleeper's the fair definition, because everything goes right. You come right. out of supposed nowhere, but you can see that potential. So that's I think what, that's, a, what, that's what the exciting part about this offseason is. Glad you said that because Moore and I have had this conversation off the air, and I think a couple times with Salk of going back to the Mariners here with where the second-year players, I guess you could say most of the sophomores, if not all, had to, we had this feeling of like, wow, they really were, were really expecting them to have as good or better of a season where it's 
what Bump was just saying. When you look at this year's draft for the Seahawks versus this year's draft for the Niners, where they go, they you said it, they picked a kicker in their first. Like, they know what they have, and our guys have to be somebody. So betting on and banking on that that uh, that rookie progression rather than regression, it's a big, big, big step and a slippery slope into really bad if it doesn't turn out, which is what we're seeing currently in the Mariners, where they're not improving upon what they did last season. Yeah. So Cal Raleigh and Julio. I guess, well, I have team. I have no good way to transition to ranked. I just have to say that uh, in honor of Brock Heward, uh, we are going to rank old right now. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Now, did I imply that Brock Heward was old, maybe? Because he he struggles with technology. And admittedly... He says that, uh, you know, he's not the biggest technology fiend. Sure. Sure. But does where did he also, start? Does he also take pictures on his cell phone that look like they are pixelated images that one of those puzzles where you have to squint and try to figure out what the image is? Yeah. He does do that. <laughs> but then Brock just kind of wanted to prove that he wasn't old. So I felt like, you know what? Let's prove that he is old. Well, this whole argument started when? Oh, I don't I don't need rationality. You don't want to go It wasn't an argument. So... The, the backstory of this is that um, Bump and I were talking about OTAs and about Jamal Adams. And I said, Brock is too old to understand that you can get a lot done over Zoom these days. You don't have to be there. I thought it was fine that Jamal well, Adams wasn't there. I believe you said too old and too bad with technology. Yeah, because, and then yeah. I referenced the commercial where he says the TikToks, which yes, he did. He did say and that. And nothing sounds older than that. So uh, I am spurred on by that. And in all loving fun here because, you know, it's a good back and forth. But old has also taken me down the path of true ranked. Some bad <laughs> puns, some of these things that Mora hates. So, like, for one of our honorable mentions, Aaron Gold Smith. Oh, I think Wyman's a psychopath. That's just my favorite clip from him. He has plenty of great radio calls and great TV calls, but him coming on our show and saying that Dave Wyman uh, I think Wyman's a psychopath. is a psychopath. This is my favorite Aaron Gold Smith. Oh, so there you go. People, we got some of these. People and are going to be so upset. We just thinking... got down the, the rabbit hole of all these things. I mean, so many olds out there, right? There are some great olds. You have 40-year-old virgin, classic cinema. Terrific. Great, great cinema there. Yes. Uh, oh, actually, here, 40-year-old virgin. Hey, Amy, how's it going? How you feeling? I'm great. I feel fantastic since we broke up. I feel awesome. Can you just show me the department where there would be phones? <laughs> the struggle to find something that you could actually Smart use on time. air. Yeah, that's a, that was the challenge there in that movie. That's a good one. Um, Mora pretending not to like this segment and then coming up with this recommendation. Old Town Road. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Okay. So yeah. we got some of that. Um, old Faithful. Good call. I forgot about Old Faithful. Geyser. How do you forget about Old Faithful? The Faithful's yeah. in the name there. Uh, Gary Oldman. Oh, that's a, that's a real old. Yeah, that's a real He's old. terrific, too. It's a real old. It's in there. Uh, you guys came up with some good ones here. Old Stove Brewing. Yeah, shout That's out great, yeah. of course. And then Mora, again, pretending to hate this show, came up with one of the best honorable mentions. Old Style Beer. A Wrigley Field and Chicago a, classic. Uh, a bartender that was from Chicago at the bar we in Colorado, and he insisted that we carry it there. It was popular among the cooks. 
Okay. Mm. It is, mm, I mean, you really, really don't want to drink that or anything. But <laughs> the 253 it's, it's would fun. like to say Old Country Buffet. Yeah. The OCB. Oh, there's some good ones there. Which leads you to the ODB. Oh, this is why I love the texture input because 208 came up with one that I am kicking myself oh, for not yeah, thinking of. Yeah, the seasoning. Old Bay. Ooh. Yep. Uh, as a man who loves seafood, seafood and who oil, loves yeah. things. Although, are we boycotting Old Bay? Because, you know, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, Mariners yeah, playing the sure. Orioles. So, all right, we might, be, we might be boycotting uh, Old Bay now. But, yes, normally Old Bay. That'll be a good honorable mention there. Um, Old McDonald, obviously, you got to do that. Do you have the furniture polish in here? I just saw that one. Furniture, furniture polish. Holding. Oh, did you say Old English is a furniture polish? Wait, it is. It's an, uh, oh, no. It, is that the 40s? I think OE40s, baby. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, I, uh, and then Mora was wondering if we're doing is old. There, no, we're not doing old. Polish? We're just doing old. <laughs> but we do have a classic. And so I'm going to do the anti-sulk of actually getting to the top five in relatively decent time so I can there talk about them. furniture polish. Really? I don't drink a lot of 40s, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so Mora knows the old, old furniture polish. Um, <laughs> I am not going to go down the list of just endless... Honorable mentions because I feel like I want to give deserving credit to the top five. But one key honorable mention that we all thought of and reminisce fondly about Old Navy and their American flag shirt. So you just had a rock on the 4th of July. If you weren't, then what were you doing? Are there? you really American if you didn't wear the Old Navy American flag T-shirt on the 4th of July as a kid? I mean, I remember, I think, family vacations where... You know, parents and grandparents bought all those, dressed you up in matching shirts, and you had to take pictures when you were a kid. So, Man. Old Navy, for sure. And we're coming up on the 4th of July. So, find your Old Navy t-shirts, get them out there, and uh, get them going. But, yeah, those are our honorable mentions. So, now, our top five olds. I will deviate from the, the old theme here to say, because we were discussing this, that you could have done, like, truly things that make people old or things characteristic of old people. We're going with just the word itself, old, except, in this case, my number five. Well, let's be very clear. I am old, and I am basic. He just admitted it. I think my case is proven there. The whole point. The whole point. The whole point of this ranked (laughs) is that Brock Heward was the inspiration for it. Number five. And he just admitted it. So, Brock Heward, thank you. You're number five. You are old, and you are basic. But we love him for it. So thanks for being the inspiration for this segment. Uh, number four, more is already cringing here. Uh, Texas Ha'oldum. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's a hold. No, it's an old. Ha'oldum. The best of all the pokers. Oh, man. I don't know. Let's no, go. no. Hold is the word. <laughs> Old is in hold. There's no apostrophe there. You're right. The you're, a, the M. The you, you know, know what? Apostrophe I'm, E M. You're right. I'm back. Yeah, you're back. I'm back on your side. You're back on my side. Let's not get into the Mount Mountain thing here. We got we got old. We got old in Hold'em. So this is, I mean, this is good childhood memories too. Uh, I don't know if the poker craze swept through you guys when uh, you were in high school, but I was in high school when the Texas Hold'em poker craze swept through, and I just remember constant games, just like. Everyone going to various houses, just playing all these big tournaments where I'm sure what were very, very low stakes. But there was one that uh, we had like tennis practice on a August day because high school tennis in Indiana is in the fall and it got rained out. So what are you going to do on a Tuesday morning at like 9 a.m.? School hasn't started yet because it was like a month before school started. But I think everyone just came back to my place. And at like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, we had like 20 people playing in a poker tournament. Texas Hold'em. 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 I wouldn't ask to play that game, though. But, yeah, it fits the old there. So that's number four. Um, Number three is a true old. No country for old men. 
unbelievable movie. Mm-hmm. Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem. Oh, love that movie. Uh, I would put that up there as one of the best movies just for Javier Bardem just wandering around terrifyingly blowing up people's foreheads. He is an unbelievable. Yes. One of the most bone-chilling villains for the fact that he is just so nondescript. You know, he's just going to wander up to you and take Emotional. that, what is that, a controlled air presser yeah, thing and just right through the forehead. Yeah. You can't run away from More, him. You, you can't do anything. No Country for Old Men. It's uh, it's a good one. It's a good movie there. So I would say go for that. Go get that one. A lot of people expecting more songs. I know. I'm sorry to disappoint. Also, did you miss Old Spice? Yeah, that's all right. I mean, it's it's there. I missed it. It's all right. Um, <laughs> so, so someone said Old Miss. That's not a true old. It's an old. We're debating that. You're right. It's, it's an old. old. It's like a mountain. It's a mountain. not an old... Yeah. Uh, ooh, 360 Old Stone Cream or, or Cold Stone Ice Cream. I oh, agree. But that works. But yeah. old doesn't. Old. old. It, it's got old in it. It has a completely different definition. It's got old. But in old it. doesn't because, okay, whatever. Well, then you're going to hate number two. Look at Taylor getting fired up back there. Oh, you know it. The Stone Cold Steve Austin wow. theme song. Wow! Come on, he was the he was the best out of those. You were either a rock fan or a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan <laughs> back in the day, and Stone Cold, one of the best. And old is in the name. <laughs> old is in cold. Mora has given up on me. Here, yeah. I'm sorry. Someone just nominated Old Yeller. No, that should not no. be on any mm-hmm. list except for saddest movies of all time. Not at all. Not a top not five old. Not, not a top five old. old. Uh, all right. Mention. I know I've disappointed with my lack of songs here. That's what Salk does best. But I'm going to redeem it all right here. Number one olds. Big day. Doing what? Well, um, actually pretty nice little Saturday. We're, uh, we're going to go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper, maybe get some flooring, stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. They're old school, the classic, the iconic one. How can you end with a better one than that? The number one old is old school, and that was just the one we could use on air. Plenty more sound bites that we could have used, but old school, number one. Uh, Thanks for bearing with me here this morning. Thanks to Mora. Thanks to Justin. You're listening to Seattle Sports Station on 710. Bump and Stacy coming up next with Stacy and Ryan Roland-Smith.